guys, welcome back to the 1971 podcast with me, Fran Lever. Now, I'm having some technical issues again, guys. You know, I bought a brand new microphone and for some reason there's always background noise on it and that's really frustrating and there's nothing that I can do. I've tried different positions, I've put a cover on it, um, different angles, it's just not working for me. So I'm trying this like just open on my phone, but it's probably just going to sound really messed up and I'm sorry, I feel like I'm always apologising for the audio, but I am a bit of a perfectionist and I want this podcast to do really, really well and I do want to get more guests on but I just feel like with the way the technical issues are going I can't do that yet so once I can I hope then once I get that sorted um then the context of my podcast will get so much better um but I am trying and I'm sorry again and I'm sorry if it's keep to keep apologizing but you know I'm just not happy with how it sounds but also at the same time I still want to put it out um but yeah so thank you so much for coming back and I hope you enjoy So that all being said, this episode is going to be what I'm going to start calling a mini episode. So when I have like a little bit of a busier week, I'm still going to do an episode, but it's just not going to be as long as in detail. So there's a few topics that I want to discuss today. And then next week, hopefully, will be a longer episode. It all depends on how the audio is sounding and how calm I can say because it is getting a little bit stressful. But anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode and thank you so much for coming back. So my first quick fire topic is going to be about Arsenal getting Jodie Taylor on loan until the end of the season. I won't lie, it's a little bit weird for me and it's totally unexpected. I get they're desperate in a way because of injuries, but I don't think you can go from wanting Alessio Russo to getting Jodie Taylor on loan, especially when current players are getting neglected. I don't understand how Gio, of all players, has missed out on the Champions League squad when she has won the competition and has a history of playing in Europe. It's just a bizarre one to me. I guess we'll see how this will play out over the course of the rest of the season. So my next quick fire topic is going to be looking at the bottom of the WSL table. After Spurs, finally... (laughs) won a game on Wednesday. The bottom three is now Reading, Brighton and Leicester. I ran polls on my social media and most of the people who voted said it would be Leicester that would be going down. My personal opinion is I don't think they will. I think it will be Brighton on paper. I think Leicester made some very key signings in the January transfer window and they got the likes of Ruby Mace on loan that they would just pull through just about. I think Brighton might be too far gone to make a comeback. Let's talk about the fixtures that all three teams have before the end of the season. And we might as well talk about Spurs whilst we're at it because they're not out of the woods. Leicester, between now and the end of the season, have Villa, Reading, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, West Ham and Brighton. I think Chelsea and Arsenal will be the most difficult. Villa and West Ham could be the test. But the fact they have Reading and Brighton... I think they could really push and win against them. Liverpool could go it could go either way. Reading, before having Leicester, actually have Brighton. So a big two weeks for them before having Everton, City, Villa, Spurs and Chelsea. Okay, that, that's a tough batch. And on those fixtures alone, they have a real test and a comeback to do. Then Brighton. After their Reading game, they have United... Everton, Liverpool, Spurs, West Ham, Everton, and then they have Leicester on the last day of the season. 
I think that's a tough batch as well, especially having Everton twice. I do think it'll be too much for them. I do. Let's let's talk about Spurs. Their matches. Arsenal, Everton, Villa, Brighton, United, Reading and West Ham. Man, that's a, that's a difficult set too. I just hope the North London derby isn't too much for them. On paper, that is going to be a walk in the park for Arsenal. But I hope it's not. I hope it's a little bit more feisty. I hope we've got a lot of goals and it's it's close. But I'm going to discuss that in more detail next week leading up to the game. So I've done a little bit of research this week um, into ACL injuries. I kind of had an idea of what was causing them and the research that was going into them. Um, because sadly this week, Jeanine Becky is the latest in suffering an injury. And it always leads to the question, why is it happening more in the women's game? It links to periods in the menstrual cycle, but there's just not enough depth and information there yet. It should go without saying that women are different to men and their bodies are going to react differently to playing sports. That doesn't mean they shouldn't be playing, as the haters like to claim. It just means the game needs adapting to the women's side of it. Overall, a female is six times more likely to suffer an ACL injury than their male counterpart. So this is a little bit of a report that I read. It's a bit wordy and I've done my best to like break it down. So what we already know about the menstrual cycle and injury is the change in hormones that can impact the body. For example, when estrogen is elevated in the menstrual cycle and that happens in about the second week, it can affect the stability of joints. It can interfere with the collagen in our joints and it can create looser, more lax joints. A loose joint is therefore less stable and more inclined to injury. So wait, we've got to deal with periods on a whole, but we've also got to deal with our bone structure going a bit weird. Okay then, okay. While research shows the pill may help reduce this risk, more recent evidence suggests the pill has no effect whatsoever. Also, this is a bit wordy. Bear with me, I probably can't even pronounce half of these words because, you know, I can't talk properly. We as females have a wider pelvis relative to the leg length, which results in increased use of the knee. The shape of the bone is also different in women in that the ACL passes through a narrower space to attach to the thigh bone, which makes it more susceptible to injury. This makes sense because women are playing football under men's conditions. But the thing is, they can't long-term play in men's conditions because naturally our bodies are different, so we're going to adapt differently. Every report suggests more research is needed, and that requires more money. And just another thing that needs sorting in women's football. I'm actually going to try and get a list together of things that need fixing, so please do send me any things you think, can think of. I can imagine it's going to be a very long list. The next thing I want to talk about is an issue within women's football overall, which is the growth of the game and how that's impacting the stadiums that are being used for these teams. Um, I went to Prenton Park last weekend, which is the home of Liverpool. I've always wanted to go there, but after hearing stories and how it, it is on a match day there, I've always been a little bit worried of going. 
But I wanted to go and be brave because I'm trying to take advantage of more games in the north and I'm not travelling to London all the time. And I get every club is different with its own set of problems. But to me, Prenton Park is a walking health and safety hazard. I know they have a long way to go before they're at the standard that they should be, you know. They've only recently been promoted in the last season or two and, you know, it's going to take a while, but I do worry. I had a friend sending me videos from a game last year where the away coach was packed so close to a wall, the players barely had any room to move and fans were basically able to get to them quickly. Players have to park in the same spaces as fans. Fans are able to wait close to the gate to meet players and have photos before the game too. And they aren't in a position to say no. Most stadiums now have barriers outside to protect both fans and players. This just isn't a thing yet at Liverpool. As the game grows, it is important that more measures are put in place. And I think Liverpool needs to take advantage of the summer break to sort this out. Because the game is only going to get bigger and attract more people. Especially if they want to stay up. It's growing at a rate that some clubs are struggling to keep up with the demand. But they need to take advantage of the breaks. It's not just Liverpool that have issues. I've noticed that at other places. It is a learning curve, but unfortunately, there's not enough time. You have to do it as it's going along. So errors are going to happen. Finally, I said a couple of weeks ago I wanted to speak about Barnsley Women FC in more detail. And that's what I'm going to do today. Recently, they were involved in a landmark moment for the game where they travelled to Newcastle to play at St James's Park in the FA Cup, which had the largest crowd outside of Wembley in the competition. They lost the game, but what an amazing achievement for them all. They were formed in 1982 under the name Barnsley Ladies Football Club. The club then used that name for the next 34 years until the end of the 2016-17 season, where they changed it to Ladies. Eventually, in 2018, it became known as Barnsley Women's Football Club. In 2019, the team won the County Cup by beating Huddersfield Town Ladies. After. In the 1920 season, they had their best run yet in the FA Cup, where they reached the fourth round, losing 5-0 away to Tottenham Hotspur. In 2020, they won the National League and would have been promoted to the Championship if it wasn't for the pandemic. Last season, they came ninth out of 12th and currently sit in third place with 33 points behind Newcastle who have 40 and Durham who have 44. In July 2021, Barnsley FC announced that Barnsley FC women have signed a new contract, extending the partnership until 2023, providing access to the facilities at Oakwell to both senior and junior teams. I think the team are really going places and it's good to see that they have the support from their parent club. I am fairly confident that they will break into the championship within the next couple of seasons and that is exciting to see. And that concludes this week's episode of the 1971 podcast with me, Fran Lever. Like I said, it is only going to be a mini episode. I will be back next week with a full episode, hopefully with no technical issues and lots of topics to discuss. If there's anything you want me to discuss next week, then please drop me a message and I'll get that started. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Bye. (laughs) 